Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Ami Bros. Yes, sir. We are back. Another week, another episode of the Ami Bros podcast. I'm one third of the... Trio better known as the Amiibos, D-Mart here with my brothers, Jeremy 85 Jeremy, how are we feeling tonight, fellas? What's popping? What's good? I'm feeling good. You know, uh, I, I had the, the best thing that could have happened this weekend, which I realized that uh, in the season was over for my Texans. And, uh, you know, moving forward, we, 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 our, our future is kind of bleak. But, hey, look, at least I had that realization now, so I don't have to uh, slowly die every every Sunday. I can just – you know, have the moments where I, I enjoy our rare wins and be happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. My my college football team still undefeated, and my NFL team has won six straight. So um, I'm feeling great. You know, uh, at this point in time, Drew Brees is injured, but uh, we about to eat a whole bunch of W's. Jameis Winston about to uh, show us why he's the next franchise quarterback, and I'm looking forward to seeing it, man. Let's go. All right, fellas. Uh, glad you guys are doing well. I'm chilling here. Uh, first, before I start the show, I want to give a special, special shout out to my baby girl, my wife, my way better half, as I call her, Ashley. It's her birthday uh, at the stroke of midnight. So shout out to her. Uh, and we want to definitely shout out to us another week. Um, we appreciate it. So let's get it popping. Uh, Drew Brees breaks ribs, punctures lung. Um, he got hit really bad, man, but definitely was a legal hit. I was not a, in, in agreement with the uh, call there, but... Uh, he'll be out for a while, so uh, the the fate of the Saints is going to be in Jameis Winston's hands. Um, let's talk about it, man. Uh, Jared, what do you, what do you think about this uh, this new role that uh, Jameis has? We we knew it was coming, but uh, it is here now. Yeah, I um, personally think that is a uh, terrifying prospect to have is having Jameis Winston as your starting quarterback. Look, I think this is this is the reality of the situation. Is Jameis talented? Yes. Do I trust Jameis in a Publix on a, with a playbook or anything else that starts with a P? Use your imagination. No, I don't. So, look, I think the reality of the situation is this. Do I think they can win games? Yes. Do I think they're probably going to win this week? Yes. But do I think this is going to be a situation to where he can mimic what Drew Brees was doing, who was on the low having a really great season? No, I don't. So I think this hurts them in their ability to be able to, um, you know, go from, you know, go from, you know, right now I think they're the overall number one seed uh, with the Seahawks loss. So I think that 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 hurts that. Um, but I think on the other side, I think there's a there's a possibility that there's some sun at the uh, at the end of the uh, end of the clouds. You know, I told Jeremy uh, about a week ago. I said, you know, I think the uh, the smartest thing Drew Brees can do is to somehow, um, you know, figure out a way to take some time off like he did last year, get his get his arms some rest, and he's going to get that. And hopefully, as long as he doesn't suffer any more setbacks or anything from that injury, um, then that's what will happen. He'll come back. He'll be uh, he'll be the, you know, player that we expect him to be. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, all, all shall be uh, forgotten about this injury. So I, I think that's that's the reality of where we're expecting things to be. But I mean, 
it's 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 anybody's ball game right now in the, uh, for the number one seed with that injury happening. Hey man, you never know how uh, my boy James is going to hop out. Um, I think he's going to play well. I think he's going to be surprised, and I think it's going to be a lot more. I think he's going to look great for Brees to make his transition. But uh, I saved this topic for you to speak on last, Jeremy. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's talk about what you think about your team now. Thank you so much for saving this for me, Jared. You make this very, very, very easy. Um, James is about to show off. James is about to show out. James is about to look great. I know last year he threw a lot of interceptions. Uh, the previous season, he threw 14, the one before he threw 11, which is, you know, high, but it's not as bad as it could be. Um, he was playing with Bruce Arians, who wants his quarterback to throw the ball downfield. Their quarterback, their, his quarterbacks generally have a lot of interceptions. Um, and he was taking a lot of risk on a, on a team that had a lot of 50-50 ball receivers. That's not the type of offense that the Saints have. The Saints have uh, more precision. Um, they have a much better play caller who's going to scheme things open. He has a much better running attack. And just for, you know, clarity for everybody at home uh, or wherever you are driving, wherever you're doing, in his first five seasons, James Winston had 88 interceptions. That is terrible, right? You know Peyton Manning had 101 in his first five seasons. I mean, we gotta we gotta stop judging these players based on you know the mistakes they make. I'm glad he's able to go out there and, and make some pass attempts. I mean, he's been a Pro Bowler in his career. Uh, he last year he threw for 5,100 yards. He also threw for 33 touchdowns. So I think he has a lot of upside. He's been working with Sean Payton. He's been studying under Drew Brees. And from what Sean Payton has said, he's he's he said that Jameis Winston has absorbed information faster than anyone could expect. He's very proud of him. He's uh, excited to see what he can do. So um, at this point in time, uh, even though they're saying they've got a dual system, they haven't announced who the quarterback's going to be, obviously it's going to be Jameis. The fact that Taysom wasn't the quarterback when Breeze got hurt tells me all I need to know about Taysom moving forward. He is not going to be the starting quarterback of the future. So I think it gives us a great opportunity to see what we have in Jameis. If we don't have what we need, we can get a quarterback in the draft or through trade. Sam Darnold is who I've got my mind on if we don't. Um, but overall, our next four games are Falcons, Broncos, Falcons, Eagles. Looks like four straight wins to me. Drew Brees comes back in. Jameis gets some confidence. I think it opens up the field a lot more for the deep shots that Drew Brees is no longer able to hit. Not saying that, um, that, uh, we have a ton of deep ball receivers, but Emmanuel Sanders can definitely go, um, can definitely go down the field. You got uh, Deontay Harris. Who is, a, who is a very, very fast kick returner. I think shots like that are going to start being taken. And, and Michael Thomas, even though everybody talks about, oh, man, he runs slants, he runs outs, it's basically all he runs. He has a receiver that needs somebody to run slants and outs. I think Michael Thomas can run the entire route tree. I think you're going to see him taking a lot more shots down the field. Um, you may see a few mistakes, but um, our defense is really, really good. Um, we're going to shut down opposing offenses. Last week we, we gave up a touchdown on the first drive. For the rest of the game, they scored six points. Uh, and three of those came off of a, of, of a fumbled uh, punt return. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm not, I'm looking forward to it. Jameis is about to make these games really, really exciting. I'm, I, I just picked him up and started him in both fantasy leagues in case anybody needs some hints. Well, Jeremy, I don't expect okay. you guys to go versus the 49ers and Nick Mullins moving forward. So last week telling me how good your defense was means absolutely nothing. Um, with that being said, what about that guy? What about that guy they called Tom Brady the week before when he put up three points? Oh, they they, they did a fantastic job the week before. But what about the week before that? Okay. And the week before check. that? And the week before that? 
What about all the games they played terrible this season? We're not just going to say – what about when they went versus Justin Herbert in Jer- his Jer- season where Justin Herbert lit him up? Jer- Jer- right. Justin, Justin Herbert uh, – Jer- Jer- who's, who's the best defense in football? Uh, best defense? Probably if I had to if I had to pick one, it'd probably be I don't know, best defense. There's there's not really one that's really good. I mean, you're looking at it, it 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 may be Chicago, maybe. I mean, if if you're looking, you could say Tampa's in that conversation. Didn't the Chiefs uh, didn't the Chargers put up 31 against them? I mean, we, we can't pretend like there's if, if you're looking at defenses, yards per game. The Saints are fourth. If you're looking at rushing yards per game, the Saints are second. If you're looking at uh, points per game, they're top ten. So literally top ten in every position. Let's see about passing defense. Uh, but, but Jeremy, we we gotta also look at you guys have played a pretty weak schedule when it comes to quarterback. You guys have like if you're looking at you play Aaron Rodgers. Okay, Aaron Rodgers so let's go through. Game versus you. Yeah, you guys played Tom Aaron Brady Rodgers, twice. So you guys we played Tom Brady twice. Right. Outside of that. You guys have played Herbert, who's a rookie, who's good, but he's a rookie, and he he actually he played well that game. He, you guys have played uh, Stafford. Stafford and, and Stafford is just I, Stafford is so tough to me because I think Stafford isn't really good, but his numbers always look good, and his team's never good. But maybe it's their franchise. I don't know. Derek Carr's been um, solid this year. Um, Derek Carr's been great, but he lit y'all see. up. But Jerry, you, you can't say somebody lit us up and and not acknowledge the fact that we still have a top ten defense. Like out of all but the stats that people Jerry, put up, I, I'm not telling 10. you guys aren't top ten. I'm not telling you guys aren't, aren't a top ten defense. What I'm telling you is I don't think your defense is good enough to where you can say, all right, we're, our offense is, isn't going to be nearly as good, but we're still okay because we can just rely on our defense. Okay, well I'll say at this point in time, our defense is better than it was this time last year. And this time last year, when Drew Brees was out, they shut everybody down. So I'm going to assume they're going to do the same thing. You throw Quan Alexander in the middle, running from sideline to sideline. Um, it, it's and you see Mar, you, you got Marcus uh, Davenport uh, coming off the edge, Trey Hendrickson, Cam Jordan. I mean, look, I'm not concerned at all. We can go four zero. All right, yeah, we'll definitely see uh, what happens with uh, Jameis. I, I hope he does well. You know, I, I know a lot of people critique him. There's a lot of jokes going around still about Jameis, but uh, yeah, I hope he. Uh, Definitely um, uh, 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 does well going forward. But I'll uh, switch it to some NBA. Uh, Harden and uh, my boy Westbrook want out of Houston. Uh, Harden's already planning his escape to Brooklyn. Um, let's start with you, Jeremy. What do you think about this uh, This excitement about the NBA and specifically this, uh, this Harden move to Brooklyn? I'm not a big fan of James Harden going to Brooklyn, mainly because I'm a big Kyrie fan and a big KD fan. I think they're going to do great together. And I know good and well, anything they do together will get absolutely no credit. I want to see Kyrie go off. I want to see Kevin Durant go off. And I want to see what LeBron fans have to say about it. Because what I've been hearing, only reason Kyrie's ever had success is because he did it with LeBron. And only reason Kevin Durant ever had success is because he played with Steph Curry and joined the Warriors. So um, I think it's a great opportunity for them both. I would love to see um, what kind of impact they can have. And ultimately, I want to see more parity in the NBA. I would love to see... Uh, honestly, uh, James Harden and uh, Giannis on the same team together would be great. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen now, but uh, that would be a matchup I'd like to see. Um, the, the the trade I've heard that's you know been talked about is Russell Westbrook for John Wall, and apparently, uh, in order to do that trade, 
the Rockets say they would need more than just John Wall. I'm not exactly sure what they're smoking. Apparently, um, as I knew. Yeah, they, they definitely smoking something. Yeah, yeah. They're talking about, oh, we need more than John Wall. And I, I, had to end- John Wall, I would have thought that Houston would have had to give more for John That's Wall. what I'm saying. And they'd have the exact same contract. So it's like literally like they matches up perfectly. And they're saying, no, we need more. And from what most NBA sources are saying, there's not a big market out there for Russell Westbrook. You're not getting anything big back for that. So um, to me, that's the best offer they're going to get. If you get John Wall and throw him with James Harden, I think that's a much better a much better team than Russell Westbrook and James Harden because I think John Wall has a much better feel for the game than Russell Westbrook does. So um, ultimately, I would like to see that move made. Um, I think Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill, I wouldn't wish that on Bradley Bill. Um, for any reason whatsoever, but hey, maybe you could trade Bradley Bill, get some young pieces, and let Russell Westbrook, um, you know, attract some fans while running around, averaging a triple double and not winning. All right, Jerry, what do you what do you think about this? I think the reality is uh, it's not going to work. It, none of these are going to work. This is what happens when you take two players who I think are really good players. Everybody's down on Westbrook, but I still think Westbrook's a good player. But when you take two really good players and you tell them that they're superstars and they're not, and that's really what's happened. If you threw Russell Westbrook in this draft, I would not want him in the lottery. <laughs> Jeremy, let's, let's not act like Russell, like Russell Westbrook has done a lot of good things in his career. Like, we're not going to act like Russell Westbrook's not a, a, a Yeah, he's given a lot of money to charity. He's done a lot. Uh, he's, he's also won a lot of games. He's also been a league MVP. He's also done a whole lot. So I think the reality is this. I think the, the first, let's go hard and going to Brooklyn. I think it'd be an abject disaster. I don't think, for, forget like, all right, well, they won a title. I don't know if they win more than two playoff series. Like, I, I, I think it would be literally the, it would be, a, if I was going to make a comparison of it, it would be like taking a, 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 a drug dealer and a, a, a crack addict and put them together. Like, it's literally you have three guys who, if I ask you to describe them, if I said, hey, huh? I, if I said, hey, describe Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving, it would be uh, probably three perimeter, each one of them, perimeter oriented scorer who, one of the most talented players offensively you can find in the league. Defensively, uh, average or below average, who need the ball a lot and are extremely ball dominant. All right, cool. Now let's put them all together and see what we get. Like this is this this is not gonna work. And I don't. Jay, see let me any- ask you a question. I'm ask you a question. Jay, let me ask you, let me ask you a quick question. If it was LeBron, sure. uh, Kevin Durant, and James Harden, do you think it would work? LeBron, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. He absolutely yeah, would because LeBron's a facilitator. Yeah. But LeBron dominates the ball more than any of them. So, like, the fact that you're nah, talking about not ball, anymore, not, Jeremy. Yeah, not you know, anymore. he does. He's, he's used to rate, well, not more than hard. He dominates the ball and passes. Eh, LeBron, what do you take this year? Over 20 shots a game? I mean, LeBron, LeBron, people always make this assumption. He's playing like, oh, 48 minutes. No, he's really not. So, people make this, um, this statement that Kobe was a ball hog and LeBron um, is, you know, a pass first. LeBron shoots more shots per game for his career than Kobe did. Um and, and LeBron, so LeBron shoots the ball a lot and I'm not saying he's not a better facilitator and he couldn't but I, but this notion of nobody's gonna be able to see, see the ball because 
you know, one of them's going to have the ball too much. When, like, if you, if it was a different way around, a lot, a lot of guys dominate the ball. I think there's going to be the ball spread a lot more. You saw James Harden let Russell Westbrook hold the ball way more than he should last year. So at the end of the day, I don't think Kevin Durant's very the ball dominant. I don't really think Kyrie's that ball dominant. Um, but I think they're just talented ISO scorers in their own right. If you threw all these guys on an Olympic team, nobody would have any questions about could they play together because you know why? They would figure out a way to get it working. So I I, I think they, they'll they be very dominant if they do. If they don't, I still think they're going to win the East. Um, well, now that the Warriors well, let, are let out. Let me finish my uh, take after you repeated your take after I was talking. Let me tell you the, re- the reality. I, you can say, oh, they're not ball dominant. James Harden is one of the highest usage rate players in the history of the league. Uh, Kevin Durant is not nearly as, as – he was third this year because he had Westbrook on his team, and Westbrook was fourth. But the reality is this. I don't think there's a situation to where you can look at it and think that one of them is not going to be – that all of them are going to be happy. I think the reality is if they go together on the same team, I think in a year it's going to be Kyrie Irving asking for a trade, and that's what's going to happen. Because why wouldn't it happen? Because the reality of the situation is – there's going to be a person that's going to have to be the third wheel. And that third wheel will be Kyrie Irving. Because Kyrie Irving, as good as he is, isn't as good as James Harden. He's not as good as Kevin Durant. So I think I think that would but be a disaster. Day, honestly, the third wheel will likely be, as far as from a shot-taking perspective, third wheel is probably going to be Kevin Durant. Um, Why would he be gonna, Kevin Durant? He'd be the best player on the team. He'd be the – He'd be the best player on the team, but Kevin Durant is not a high-volume a high volume shooter. If Kevin Durant took as many shots as LeBron, he'd probably average 35 to 40 points a game. Like, Kevin Durant doesn't shoot Jeremy, the ball Kevin, that much. Kevin Durant has always been a high-volume shooter. Like, we're, we're not going to add, like, like, Kevin Durant doesn't average more points than LeBron because LeBron shoots a higher percentage from the field. Like, that's the reason. It's not because he doesn't take more shots. And, I mean, we're talking about Kevin Durant's a two-time NBA scoring leader. Um, now... Do I think and, and the reality yeah. is the last why, 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 why did KD why did Kyrie why did Kyrie and KD leave Westbrook because he wanted more shots it wasn't because it, after, that's what it was he no wanted because more Westbrook's shots. a terrible decision maker no it wasn't uh, yeah. and so, so is he, Kyrie. he wanted more shots so he went to a team and took less shots Jared no he's not Jared first off if you look at um at, at KD in the last five years he's played in the league. Four of them, he took 18.0 or less shots per game. If you look at LeBron, his last few years in the league, he hasn't taken less than 18 shots a game since his last year in Miami. So, but Jeremy, you're talking about you can't shots compare per, that and LeBron You can't compare his shots per game to LeBron when he's playing on a team with four All Stars. Like that's not that's not realistic. And have those games, he's coming out of the third quarter because they're but, blowing but Jared, Your, your argument All-Star. is, well, if he plays with three. Jared, your argument is if you place the three all stars, they won't figure out how to how to share how to share shots. Yet at the same time, you make an argument he took less shots. But Jeremy, Jeremy, who is the guy sacrificed? Jeremy, who is the guy who sacrificed on the Golden State Warriors? Is it is is, Ky, is Ky, Kyrie going to be happy with Clay shots? Well, Clay took more shots per game than Ky, uh, and over that course, then Kyrie takes on on, a, on average for his career. So yeah, he would be happy with Clay, with Kyrie shots or with Clay shots. Kyrie doesn't shoot Jeremy. the ball that much. Like you, you, you have this thing about Clay, where he Clay takes all. The, Jerry, you, you realize you realize that last season in Golden State, Clay took more shots per game than Kevin Durant. Do you realize that? Like at the end of the Jeremy. at the end of the day, Clay was not this, this guy who's not taking many shots. Shots, 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 shots. Jerry, shots per game. Total shots or shots per game? Clay doesn't take more shots than, than Kevin. Shots Durant. per game. 
Kevin Durant took seventeen point eight. Clay took eighteen point oh. The last season, the last season they were there. I don't, I don't believe that. So, so Kevin Durant averaged twenty five on seventeen shots. He, he averaged he averaged twenty six on seventeen point eight shots a game. How many free throws did he take? That's probably the difference because uh, he probably took eighteen free throws. I mean, it, like if you just factor in free throws, it might, I don't, I don't, I honestly didn't look at it, but I mean, it's probably gonna be close. But like the thing is, I don't think there's this like you can look at Clay, Steph, and KD all took at least eighteen shots a game. Do I think if K, if if James Harden, Kyrie, and, and KD want to take eighteen shots a game each, they can get it done and and do it within the floor of an offense? But I don't yeah, think I do. they can. I don't. I don't think. I, I, Kyrie wasn't wasn't comfortable doing that with with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I don't see any reason why he do this with with, with uh. Well, well, because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are on the level of Kevin Durant and James Harden, that's why. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. I, you think Kyrie thinks that hard? Because I guarantee you, Ky, Kyrie thinks that the separation between him and 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 KD and Harden is the same as he thinks with with with, with, with Clay and all. Sure, that. no, like, sure, stop. Sure, it's like saying like yeah, it's like saying well, Djokovic doesn't mind splitting splitting the purse of a of a uh, of an event with Federer and, and the dog, but he wouldn't but he wouldn't do it with uh. No, but Jeremy, you're acting like, like Kyrie's a normal human do. being. Like Kyrie's not normal. Yeah, he is. Kyrie calls himself yeah, Little Mel. Kyrie said he thought the world was flat. Kyrie is yeah, the one LeBron who said. LeBron himself I, King James. Like all, all these players are weird. Jeremy, King James is a title that, that Sports Illustrated gave to him his high school year. He didn't call himself Little Mountain, and it's not like, because of his Native American roots. Like I, 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 I'm not telling you that Kyrie's not a good player. I think that would be a disaster. I think if it happened, it would be – you know what I think it would be? I think it would be the 2009-2010 Philadelphia Dream Team Eagles. That's exactly what it would be. It would be yeah, utterly – That team did have talent. That team did have talent. Tell me what player on that, from that team that made – what player from that team made going to be a Hall of Famer? There's a lot of players on that team that be a Hall of Famer. Jason Peters would be a Hall of Famer. J- uh, Jason, Jason Peters. That's about it. That's it. Jason Peters is the only one. He's not the only one. <laughs> Are you, I, Douglas was on that team, I believe. Um, the the uh, you, there's a, there's a lot of guys on that team that would be in the Hall of Fame. The re, I think Shane McCoy was on that team. Hall of Fame. Shea, Shea, I think I think Brian Douglas was on that team. Um, uh, was still there. Brian um, Douglas was not on Shea, that team. Shady McCoy was uh, is top ten all time in the league rush. Shady McCoy is nowhere near being uh. Let me finish my let me finish my statement because you keep cutting out every every part that I haven't even got to Westbrook yet. You so, spent for, spent for 10 is, minutes. I, Go ahead. Jeremy, you've been cutting me off the whole time. I can't finish the statement. So I think Westbrook, I, I think there are some some places that would be a fit for Westbrook. Do I think the reality is it would be on a championship contender? No. I think the best bet for him would have been to go. I think now the Hornets got LaMelo, so that's not going to happen. But to go to a team like that where he can star, put up good numbers, make the playoffs, um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him in a place like Atlanta. But the reality is I don't think he's he's a championship player unless he goes to the Lakers. But I, I, I would I would love to see – I mean, he made the playoffs with OKC without, without KD. So I think I think the reality of the situation is yeah, we can it look just, at it. Uh, Sabonis and Old Depot and Steven Adams. Go ahead, Jeremy. You, you want to talk. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I was just saying it was just two other guys that made All Star games for next season. Um, and yeah, all right. Let's. Uh, I, think, I, th- let's... I would agree with you. I think he would be great in his own situation somewhere in Shanghai, playing in Chinese basketball league. 
He's better than Brandon Ingram. All right, let's uh let's talk about some unfortunate news. Are you guys ready to move on? You want to keep, keep talking about this topic? Jared's yeah, go to whenever he loses an argument, he brings up Brandon Ingram. <laughs> no, I'm just saying you, you, you can't look at Westbrook as if Westbrook didn't shoot 50 percent from the field, average right, 30 points a game, and eight assists. That's the reality. Uh, some unfortunate news today out of the NBA as well. Uh, bad news that Clay Thompson suffered a lower leg injury. I, we think it's a, a torn Achilles and it's the opposite leg that he had the previous injury in. Uh, Jared, let's start with you on this topic. What are the implications for the Warriors uh, being that Clay's going to be out probably for the most of the season? Well, I think not only this season, I think this ends effectively the Warriors' title chances, like their window closed, unless James Wiseman, who they took with the number two pick tonight, turns into, I mean, a high-level NBA all-star. Um, it, the reason is this. Clay's been out for 18 months now, and Achilles' injury throws on another 18 months. So we're looking at three years without basketball, and then at that point, Clay's 32. Um, now, is, he's still an elite shooter. He's always going to be that. Uh, he probably won't be the same defender if that's the case. Um, so he'd still be a, a good player. But their window is you – got, you got guys right now who th- – this is their window. This is why talk was beforehand that they were going to try to get rid of, you know, that draft pick and use that capital to get somebody that's in their title window, somebody that's in that, that age range to where they could really still win a title with them. And now, if Clay's out, well, your second best player now is either Draymond Green or or Andrew Wiggins, guys who you can't rely on to hit a consistent jump shot. And so the situation, do I think they can make the playoffs? Yeah. Do I think they'd probably be a five, six seed? Sure. But I don't see if Clay's actually out and there's no way to be able to replace that. Um it's a devastating blow, and I hate it because Clay Thompson is one of my favorite players in the league. Um, I think he's severely underrated. I think he's he's one of the guys that uh, if I was building a team around, I would I would take Clay Thompson in my top probably ten to twelve because I think he fits whatever team you have. If you want a defensive team to grind it out, he can do that. If you need a team for somebody to just get you buckets, I think he can give you that. If you have a team that just wants to play, you know, a, a big squad, he can be a, a big two. If you, you need somebody to play small ball, he can be a, a, a good small ball three. I think he's a really talented player, and um, it's extremely unfortunate because um, I mean, we've seen that with Boogie Cousins, how quickly um, it can go. We, we saw how quickly, um, you know, you you can be playing your best ball in that Achilles, and then that leads to the next injury and the next injury and the next injury. And, uh, man, I, I wish him a speedy recovery, man, but I, I think that really effectively ends the, um, the Warriors' title window. Jeremy, what do you got to say about your boy Clay, man? Yeah, man, it's it's sad to see. Uh, wishing him a speedy recovery. Um, I don't think this closes the title window, um, mainly because um, Steph Curry is still going to be there. So uh, I think ultimately they're going to have to get production from somewhere else. I think you got a lot of players who got a lot of you know valuable playing time last year when everybody was injured. Uh, I like James Wiseman a lot. I think he's going to bring some uh, toughness to the interior. I think it allows Draymond to play his natural position at the four. Uh, if Draymond can get back to making some shots, I think it can make him dangerous again. I think Andrew Wiggins is somewhat underrated at this standpoint. If you look at his uh, at his career, um, Andrew Wiggins is a 20-point-per-game scorer. 
Uh, Andrew Wiggins averages about four uh, four rebounds and uh, two assists a game. So he can, he can be a solid, decent number two, especially with Steph Curry taking a lot of attention away from him. Um, I don't know what Jared's talking about as Clay is a top 10 or 12 player you take to start a team. Um, I personally don't have as nearly as high a grade on Clay. I think he's maybe a top 30 player in the league. Um, but, you know, I can't put anybody near near the top 10 who can't create their own shot. But um, ultimately, I think this is definitely a huge blow. I don't think they're going to be able to win a ring this year, but I think maybe the next year Clay can come back uh, and get back to what he does best. Um, I think uh, this is uh, a little advantage to uh, Lakers, Clippers, whoever comes out of that side. Um, and now, ultimately, I think uh, the the team I'm going to pick to win a to win the t- title this year is probably going to be the the Nets with uh, Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie, as long as they stay healthy. I think it's going to be uh, advantage them. I was very much looking forward to uh, Steph and Clay versus Kyrie and KD um, because I was looking forward to see what Jared had to say about it and who he was going to actually cheer for. Them. So uh, that's kind of the Christmas window, game would have been but, fantastic. Uh, it would have been a great Christmas game. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered for the finals uh, or anything. Uh, but for uh, Christmas, it would have been good. Yeah, yeah. Christmas, I'm watching football. It's football season this year on Christmas, um, and my team's playing, so I'll definitely be watching that. Anyway, um, ultimately, I don't think they're going to uh, be able to contend for a title this year, but could they pull off an upset? Look, if you throw Steph Curry on the floor against anybody and he gets hot, I mean, hey, good luck. I think there's a better chance of the missing All right, boys, let's, uh, let's start talking about some bit. All right, boys, let's talk about some bets. Uh, Jeremy, uh, back to the NFL. Sorry, guys. NFL bets from last week. Jeremy's down 200 uh, even for the season. Uh, Jared's up $400 for the week, and he's uh, plus 800 for the season. So almost a stack up on uh, Jeremy, man. So uh, first, Jeremy, explain yourself, man. What's going on? Yeah, um, some unfortunate breaks. Jared got a, a one fortunate break. Uh doing this week the um, Kareem Hunt ran the ball not Kareem Hunt uh the running back with uh the guy from Georgia uh Nick Chubb ran the ball out of bounds on the one yard line which would have lost Jared one of his bets <laughs> uh, but um o- o- ultimately looking at my bets uh I bet the Saints the cover obviously they did that's what the best team in the league does um I also bet um the the last two games of of the week which definitely hurt me I bet that um, the Bears would beat the Vikings. I figured Kirk Cousins playing on on Monday Night Football. Um, it was you know bound to happen. He's going to lose. But what happened? Oh man, they're up a touchdown, and then uh, what's the guy's name? The punt returner fumbles the ball, and then they get points, and then they kind of change the entire momentum of the game. Whatever, they lost the game. Nick Foles went out on a cart like he died and had a hip pointer. Um, basically a hip bruise. Uh, the other game, Lamar Jackson, those guys beat by Cam Newton and the Patriots. I'll tell you what, man, Belichick is the GOAT. The, the way he comes up with game plans and the best pass of the game was actually thrown by Jacoby Myers um, <laughs> because that pass was perfect. Um, so neither one of those games did I see coming. Um, outside of that, um, the other games that I bet this week were – let me double check. I want to say it was the uh, – I didn't bet the Cardinals game. It was the other afternoon game. Mine slipping. Oh, I bet I bet Seattle was going to uh, was going to beat the uh, the Rams, which they did not do. And the lastly, the game that I won was uh, it was a one o'clock game. Let me pull it back up. 
sorry, I just clicked off my um my list. I'll, I'll get back to it in one second. Sorry, let's see. Oh, Giants versus Eagles. Duh. Yeah. Um, Giants versus Eagles. I um don't trust the Eagles winning any games at all. Um, so that was that. So let let me go through uh the reason why my picks have always been and will be the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Can we be honest for just a second? I've been on this roll so strong recently that, I mean, it's it's going to be tough to break. It, it really is. It's almost like a habit of me being right with these picks. Now, you can say, oh, yeah, Jared, you got lucky. We didn't say, though, last week when I was below 500, I was 2-3. and three. I, had th- I had two games that I lost by less than a point. So the reality is they, they, they work themselves out. They're – you know, luck is the residue of design. They weren't. But, they weren't for somebody running out of bounds on purpose. <laughs> well, I I was on the other side of the top, Gurley running into the end zone uh, at the end of the game, and them losing to the Lions. So the reality of the situation is this: we have those situations that happen. They do. Hey, is what it is. Can't can't uh can't win them all. But the reality of the situation is this: I picked that game. I picked um, the game for the. Um, I picked the end, the end of the game for Monday Night Football where I picked the Vikings to cover versus the Bears. The one you picked at the end of the week said, screwed you. I, I, just, I told you the Bears' offense was absolutely awful. The only reason it was close as it was, it wasn't because that that fumble kick return. The only reason it was close as it was was because of the kick return touchdown to open the, the half. And in the ha- first half where Kirk Cousins hits Adam Thielen for a catch inside the red zone, Adam Thielen – Ball pops off his chest up into the air, and Khalil Matt returns it 60 yards to put them in field goal range. Without that, it wouldn't even have been a close game, you know, regardless. Um, other games I have for the you week. You said without turnovers. No, no, I said without – you said without the muff punt. So the, the reality was, too, if you look at um, the rest of the games I had, so the, the Texans game was a push because I bet it in real life at three and a half, but when we did the podcast on Tuesday, it was at three. So that one ended up being a push. I won the Vikings game. I won the Dolphins versus the the Chargers pick. Um, I picked the uh, the the only game that I that I got screwed on was um, and I, I need to pull it back up. Um, there was a uh, I, Jaguars. I, I didn't pick the You're right. I picked the Jack. That now that I think about it, so I had the Jaguars covering 13 and a half points versus the Pack. I, I, sorry, the Packers covering 13 and a half points versus the Jaguars. And these guys literally decide, hey, we have no, um, you know, desire to play football here. Uh, they gave up a 100-yard kick return. Uh, they did, did a whole lot of nonsense. Uh, and then I also picked the, the Saints. So three one-and-one uh, that could have been four-and-one had, you know, we we done the podcast on Wednesday when the line had moved to three-and-a-half. Uh, also, when I did pick the line, I did not know Nick Chubb was playing. But, hey, man, it is what it is, you know. Sometimes you, you win by a lot, and sometimes you win by a little, but you always win. So well, that's my model. All right, well, let's go through the picks this week. Um, I have something that I feel really good about. First and foremost, I'm taking the Patriots over the Texans. Patriots are two-point favorites in Houston. Could Houston win the game? Sure. Do I expect them to? No. Here's why. The Texans are last in rushing defense. The Texans are last in rushing offense. The Texans are 
bottom half in pass defense. And I watched the team go versus the number one defense statistically in the NFL and the Ravens and literally run them off the field. So if you can do that to the Ravens, who have a stout rushing defense, what are they going to do versus the Texans, who can't run the ball from, you know, literally the two-yard line on first down? I'm going to go with the the Patriots being able to control the clock, uh, keep that game a low-scoring game, and I expect them to be able to still win the game. Uh, I think Deshaun puts up points, but I still think it's one of those those, uh, games where they don't have the ball long enough. Um, so I think I think it's going to be a situation where I say probably 24, 21, um, but to cover the two points. Uh, next, I got a really sneaky feeling on this game. Cardinals are playing the Seahawks. I told you I thought the Cardinals, uh, the Seahawks would fall apart towards the end of the year. And although that game is in uh, the, the game is in Seattle and that kind of makes it somewhat dicey. The other part of the game is not only is it uh, is it versus the Cardinals, but I get three points. So I get that field goal, all that full field goal uh, perspective. I'm going to go with the Cardinals to cover three points versus Seattle. Next, if you look at the uh, – this this one I think kind of threw me off. You look at the, the, the Titans-Ravens. The Ravens are getting six and a half points versus the Titans. And have the Titans play well? No. But – the Titans are, at the end of the day, still a six and three ball club. They still have a lot to play for. They're still tied for first place in the division. And the Ravens offense hasn't been good. As I said a couple of weeks ago, I said I thought it would be something that they should they should be concerned about was Lamar Jackson's ability to pass the ball. And obviously last week Lamar was tough because it was great on uh on, I, I didn't on, I didn't think he looked uh, good. Sunday. I, I didn't think he did. I thought it was a rainstorm Sunday night. It was it was a, it was a rainstorm, and I I'll, I'll give him a pass for it. But their offense hasn't been the same, and he hasn't been the same he in the run game. Twenty-four thirty-four for like two fifty yards passing, and one, yeah, but he had one bad throw. I, I still didn't think he. I, I I felt for the most part of the game, and it, it it may just be the way they designed it. I didn't think he played well. I didn't think he put up uh the 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 kind of game that I'm I'm accustomed to seeing him play. And with that being said, I think that's a that's an issue that really we're gonna have to look out for. I don't I don't I don't see that changing anytime soon. So um, at the end of the day, I, I don't trust them to cover six and a half. I would have picked them to beat the Titans, but probably by three. Next pick, I feel really good about. So I got the Dolphins going to Denver. Denver doesn't look good. Drew Locke has been awful recently. Now the game is in Maha, which makes it tough because of the breathing conditions. But that defense is really good. Tua has been really good. And I expect them to continue it. I'll only have to give up three points for the Dolphins in Denver. I feel really good about that game. And then after that, I feel really, really good about my final game. I'm going to take the Falcons plus five points versus the Saints. Look, do I think the Saints are going to win? Yes. As I told Jeremy on our long phone conversation where we basically went over the podcast because we argued about this, I think Jameis is going to be throwing more interceptions. I saw Jameis last week, and of course, yeah, he came in the middle of the game. But he threw two balls that should have been picked. And I think the reality of the situation is I don't expect a leopard to change his colors. Jameis was a hot turnover guy in college, extremely hot turnover his last year. Then he was a hot turnover guy as soon as he got to the league every year. And then last year, he has the crescendo of throwing 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, the first 30-30 season in the history of the league. 
and now I'm supposed to expect because Sean Payton is a better play caller, but Bruce Arians isn't a bad play caller. Bruce and, and Byron Leftwich isn't a bad play caller. He didn't go from a bad offensive system. He didn't go from Jeff Fisher to, to Sean Payton. So he, got, he improved, but I don't think that changes the guy on the field's decision-making. I don't think there were games last year where it was like, hey, look, we're going to call this terrible play, and Jameis, you just throw the ball into double coverage. No, I just think Jameis makes bad decisions. And I think the reality of the situation is he's going to throw two interceptions. The Saints defense is going to play well enough, though, to be able to keep them in the game. And I expect a high-scoring 31-28 victory from the Saints, but a five-point cover by the Falcons. So in recap, just in case you guys want to know what the winning lottery ticket numbers are, take the Patriots minus two versus the Texans. Take the Cardinals plus three versus Seattle. Take the Titans plus six and a half versus the Ravens. Take the uh, Falcons plus five versus the Saints and take the Dolphins minus three versus the Broncos. Book it. If you wanted a bonus win, somehow the, the Colts are getting favored two points versus the Packers. That was almost on my list. Uh, and the other one, the Chiefs playing the Raiders, uh, they took it off the board because seven Raiders defenders got hurt or, or got COVID or in close proximity. Even if they do play, they're going to have a week with no practice going up versus Patrick Mahomes after they beat Patrick Mahomes earlier this season and then did laps around Arrowhead Stadium to, to rub it in. I fully expect on Sunday Night Football the Chiefs to score 100,000 points. So those would be the extra two picks to have uh, in your back pocket. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad you feel that way, Jared. Um, I hope you don't put any money down this week on uh, the Falcons. Um, I'm looking at you said, oh, I mean, you could have thrown picks, but I'm looking at the Atlanta secondary and saying mm, he might throw for six touchdowns this week because A.J. Terrell is the number one cornerback this year. He's been targeted 39 times. He's given up 29 completions, which is a 74.4% completion percentage. Um, he is giving up a passer rating of 130.4. and they haven't even really played any great offenses yet. So, uh, good luck on that moving forward. Yeah, Jerry, they play basically pick. every good offense in the league. They play Aaron Rodgers. They've played Russell Wilson. They play, like go through the offenses. They've played. They've basically played them. Oh, oh yeah, Russell, Russell Wilson didn't have any completion. Um, Aaron Rodgers didn't really have any completion. They haven't played Tom Brady yet. They haven't played Drew Brees yet. Um, who else did they play? They played those two guys. Um, anyway, I, I don't I don't need to get into the sorry team that the Falcons have played and uh, gotten blown out by. Uh, overall, let's look at it. Oh, Mr. Biscuit, too. They played him. Um, let me go through my picture this week. Number one, I'm going to start off with Rams, plus four, at Buccaneers. Look, there's one thing that Tom Brady has shown he is not effective in. That's when he gets pass rush with the front four. Aaron Donald is still unblockable. They have a terrible interior line. Um, I even think from the uh, from the outside, uh, Floyd is going to be uh, in the backfield a lot. I think Brockers is going to get some effect. I think they can they can really pressure with the front four. I think Jalen Ramsey is going to take um, Mike Evans out of the game, and I think they're going to make it really really hard on the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I wouldn't be surprised if the Buccaneers win, but four points is way too much, so I'll take that. Um, this is a game that's very very interesting to me also. Um, so. Chargers are minus eight and a half playing against the Jets. Now, do I think the Chargers should be favored by that many on a you know normal game? No. But I still take it into consideration that it's still Joe Flacco back playing quarterback. And I think that last game was more of an aberration of how he plays. So I'm expecting the Chargers to absolutely mud stomp the Jets. I'm actually going to take the Chargers minus eight and a half at home against the Jets. 
book it. Um, I'm looking at the Broncos versus the Dolphins. Uh, minus three and a half for the Dolphins. I'm going to take that line mainly because I don't trust the Broncos and I think the Broncos are terrible. Um, I'm looking at the Vikings minus seven against the Cowboys. The Cowboys played very, very tough against the Steelers. But if you look at the Steelers this year, until last week, they really hadn't had many blowouts. They had a blowout against the Browns. They had a blowout against the Bengals now. Other than that, every game has basically been close. I think Dalvin Cook is going to run all over them, and I think that game is going to be a blowout, especially playing at home in Minnesota. They're a very different team there. Um, and I don't think Andy Dalton's going to be able to put up enough points. And lastly, um, I don't know what you were seeing when you were talking about Lamar Jackson. It's funny. Jared can watch Deshaun put up seven points in the game and not have any comment about it. And, and you watch Lamar play in an absolute rainstorm, similarly to Deshaun Watson, and put up, what, 16 points and, you know, make a very, very high completion percentage and um, look pretty great and say, oh, man, it was Lamar's fault didn't get the win. So uh, I'm going to take the Ravens. The well, I didn't say it was Lamar's fault didn't get the win. Secondly, the Ravens have one of the best rushing games in football. So obviously he's not relying on his pass. And thirdly, because of Lamar. it's not, Lamar's leading it's not, it's not because of Lamar. Jeremy, Lamar's a great rusher. But Mark Ingram was a was a pro bowler and an all pro player before he got there. J.K. Dobbins was a top. Mark Ingram's been out for six weeks. Uh, J.K. Dobbins was a uh, no. Mark Ingram's been out a week and a half. Two. J.K. Dobbins was a no, uh, no, was no, an no, elite no. player. He, he was an IR. was a good player. And the other thing is, it's not it's not just it's not just oh I I looked at Deshaun and said oh this week we I thought he played okay considering the circumstances I didn't think he played phenomenal. But even if you look at the pro football focus, they still had him as a top five quarterback this week. How well he played. He had a touchdown pass dropped. He had a third down dropped on uh in, in, in the fourth quarter. And you throw in the fact that so he had he had a touchdown drop, he had a kick missed like that. Justin Tucker's not out there missing kicks. Uh they, they didn't drop any touchdown passes. So the, so to compare those two is, is is utterly silly. Well, he doesn't have a receiver that can get more than a half a foot of separation. Uh, Hollywood Brown is complaining he's not getting enough targets, and literally he cannot get open. J.C. Jackson had him tied up in handcuffs. But anyway, those are my picks for this week. Um, looking back at some of your picks, I think you're going to have uh, some tough ones. Honestly, I like that Packers pick you threw out at the end. Um, I think the Packers probably should cover. The only reason I didn't pick that is because I'm cheering against the Packers because uh, I want them to lose and let's get back to number one seed. So I can't pick my bets and cheer against the team at the same time. Um, Saints, I don't want to jinx us. We're going to win that game by about 45. So there you have it. Oh, another another bet if you want to bet something. Bet the Browns minus three against the Eagles. The Eagles are absolutely trash. All right, fellas. Well, uh, definitely uh, some interesting takes tonight. we got a lot of uh, good games coming up this week, both in the NCAA and the NFL. And um, it's good to see how this uh, NBA season is going to be laid out. So a lot of stuff going on. Uh, as always, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to us another week. Um, any last words for uh, for the listeners before we get up out of here, fellas? Hey, yo, fellas. No, um, I, I will say this. This is one of my uh, my good things I think you guys should pay attention to. Um, this year at NBA, um, they're not doing win totals. They're doing percentage-wise because, obviously, there, there could be games that are lost due to COVID, something along those lines. Um, the, the team that I would tell you guys that, I think you guys should should bet heavy um, right now. It's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. Look, the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be going all in to try to convince Giannis to sign a long term if he doesn't sign ahead of the season. Um, they are the one that has the highest 
win total percentage. Their percentage is, is factoring in if they got to 56 wins. But the reality is they are, they were on pace for 70 wins last year. I fully expect – obviously, Boban's not going there uh, anymore uh, or Bogdan Bogdanovich isn't. But the addition of Drew Holiday along with Chris Middleton, along with Giannis, along with you know the uh, the seven-foot giant and Brooke Lopez, I think equals them at minimum – I'm gonna say at minimum, but 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 the best Lopez Robin opted out, so I'm just joking. Sorry. No, oh, yeah, yeah. So well, well, the uh, I think I think at minimum they they average out somewhere around 65 wins. So I think that's that's the one to, to bet on. Um, and uh, you know, take your chances. Yeah, uh, my final words would be: watch out for Jameis. Who want to eat a W today? It's a W. Let's eat one. <laughs> hey, I actually can't wait for uh for the Jameis pep talks before the game. Oh God, it's gonna be classic. I want to see him and Demario Davis like hype each other up. That would be <laughs> classic. <laughs> can't wait. All right, fellas, uh, that's not it. Uh, we'll definitely uh, check in with you guys next week. Everybody, be safe. Wear your mask and uh, God bless.